You are listening to Read It, Roll It, Hole It. He's two punts from victory. Only needs one. Hey everybody, it's Tom here from Warwick House Golf. Proud sponsors of the Read It, Roll It, Hole It podcast. Use code RRH10 for 10% off at warwickhouse.golf. Welcome golfers to the next episode of the Read It, Roll It, Hole It podcast. Today, I am really excited. We've got a really cool guy on the show. We've got Noah Hesse on. He is a full-time caddy on the DP World Tour, and he's been doing this job for two years. We're going to dive into what that was like working with Francesco Laporte for the last two years, what his experience has been like and what he's learned along the way. And hopefully there's going to be some great nuggets in there for you guys to hear from him, uh, to implement into your game, to get you better. So without any further delay, please, can I welcome to the podcast, Noah Hesse. Welcome, Noah. Hey, Ollie. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Great stuff. Great stuff. How you been? Okay, you've had a few weeks off. I have. I've had a few weeks and I've got a couple more weeks off. I'm enjoying the downtime. Yeah, it's all good. Brilliant. And off, uh, you're off um, surfing this afternoon? I'm off surfing this afternoon. Yeah, that'd be three days in a row. That's uh, that's what my off weeks look like. <laughs> Mate, it says it's two degrees here this morning and you're going in the sea. Yeah, it's actually warmer. This is the sea temperature today, I think, is 11. So it's tropical, mate. <laughs> is it true that you wee in your wetsuit to make warm you up? It is true. I've just got a new one, so I'm a bit reluctant to do that quite yet. Keep it nice and fresh, you know? You can't just put, like, a hot water bottle in there. No, well, you could do. There's potential. <laughs> Excellent. So, um, as I said in the intro there, no, like, you've had two years uh, as a caddy. Um, out on tour on the DP World Tour. Tell us what that experience has been like. Unbelievable. L- literally living the dream, as they say. I know it's a cliche, but I am. Like I come, I played, and it was always where I wanted to be as a player and wasn't good enough. And it's the next best thing. Traveling all the all, all places all over the world, tournaments, unbelievable. Seeing some of the players up close, you know, in the, in the same groups as them, chatting to them. It's brilliant. I've loved every, every second of it. It's been it's been awesome. I love it. How many countries have you been to in the last two years? Do you know? I don't, but it's something I should check. Uh, whew, I've been to a lot, been to a lot, but I don't know the. <laughs> <laughs> don't know the number, but you've been been to a few many, a yeah. few a few places for sure. Where's your favourite place that you've been to the last two years? You were like, wow, this is the best. That's a really good question. And people ask me that all the time. And it, it just, it also depends on how the week's going. If obviously, if you miss the cut, your week's a bit short and then it doesn't feel as good. But I've always, I've done two years now. I've been to uh, Cron Montana, which is the Amiga European Masters up in Switzerland. And that's always pretty spectacular as a, as a place to go. Um, but South Africa, Leopard Creek, which I think they're playing there next week. Yeah, that's that, those two probably stand out really. And what's so uh, amazing about that course in Switzerland? I, it's, you know what, the course itself isn't particularly great, but it's the views and just the the whole feel for the week, just the the the, the people that come to watch where the course is situated. It's right in the town. It's it's just a great experience. Everyone stays really close. It's it's just really cool week. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just got that sort of vibe to it. It's great. I, I really enjoy it. I look forward to it every year. Nice. It always looks amazing on telly. It reminds me a bit like Cleve Hill. 
Yeah. Have you played, yeah. Have you yeah. played Cleve? I have. Yeah, 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 yeah. On a nice yeah. sunny day. Yeah, yeah. No, it's on a pretty... nice sunny day. Cleve Hill looks like Switzerland, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Just as good views. <laughs> <use>, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And what about um? Where's the best place for food? Food war. Well, having worked for an Italian for two years now, when we went to the Italian Open last year um, in Rome, he did. He, he he was my tour guide for the week. Basically, he took me to some great places. He knows a lot of people, and the food was just ridiculous all week. Unbelievable! Oh my God, that so, sounds amazing. Italian yeah. food is definitely my favourite. What did you have? What, what uh, kind of, were you going to Italian restaurants out there we, then? Yeah, you know? yeah, he knows a lot of people. So we had sort of a, a schedule of bookings in the week. And uh, he, I think every night he, he was like, right, don't worry, I'll order for you. So he, he's picking the best dishes that he knows from this guy. And I, I can't remember exactly, but it, they were just, I know, I know they were fantastic. They were unbelievable. Oh, you're making me really hungry and it's only yeah. half five in the morning. What's like, I don't know, what's like a real sort of five-star place? Where's like the most immaculate, like, I don't know, five-star that's just like, can you get better in Dubai? I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'm going to say Dubai just, yeah. I've, you know what, I've been there three times now, four times, maybe five times, actually, no. Um, and it is five-star, the whole that just everything about it is five star but I feel like and I always tell people that it's great for a week but I would never want to live there I don't know it feels a bit too much like fantasy land there's no you don't get any character in Dubai it's all you know just money and everything's too perfect in a way um which is great for a week but people that live there I couldn't do that myself it hasn't got the culture of Bristol mate has it exactly no no Bristol, no, nothing Bristol better. Where it's happening. Uh, the boys. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Okay, so um, I want a funny story from you from tour this this year or last year. What's like some funny moments? You must have like so many, obviously great moments and and times. <clears throat> Is there any that are sort of PG that you can share with us? People ask me this a lot, and I'm I always I never. I never come up with anything, you know? I mean, we went to, funnily enough, not in Europe, but we went, we played a PGA Tour event this year. It was a co-sanction. We played the Barracuda okay. um, out in California. And for Fra Frank had been to America a few times. I'd actually never been to America, which was unbelievable. I'd been pretty much everywhere else. So it was my first experience in America. And we played the Pro-Am on the Wednesday. And the, our Pro-Am partners, you couldn't, get more american sort of people it, they were so loud they were so just the, your typical what you would expect an american to be it was hilarious all day they're shouting screaming hollering after every shot they were terrible at golf and i just remember me and frank just were just laughing all the way around at them rather than with them because it was just <laughs> it was surreal it was it was like we're in some sort of movie it was brilliant but, uh, you know, a funny stories. I, I must have some in there somewhere, but I just, I don't know. I laugh a lot. We have a great time. Uh, we have a great time. There's something that happens every week. That's great. Yeah. We had a, a funny moment with you up in Scotland. So I was up in uh, St. Andrews with the Rick Valentine Golf Schools that yeah, go yeah. on in the summer. And we popped up to the Fairmount um, one afternoon and you just come off the course and you were on the drying range. And um, 
the group after you had just come off the 18th um, 18th green and some player got his three wood out the bag, snapped it over his knee and just chucked it in the bin right by us and just stormed off. And one of the guys we we're with jumps over the fence, runs to the bin, grabs the club and then hops back over the fence. And he had a brand new tightless three wood. Um, we didn't quite recognize who it was. Anyway, we go up to the uh, up to the range and you were there with Francesco and I uh, sort of called you over and asked if we could get a picture and um, fair play you both were very sort of gracious with your time but um, Francesco he asked uh, the kid who had this half a three with all this three wood head in his in his hand like where the hell did he get that that was quite funny do you remember I do remember that I've, I've, funnily enough when when we saw you on the course just while that was happening uh, we, we said we said had a couple of words, didn't we? As we were walking down the fairway, you were walking sort of off to another direction, and nothing yeah, was really for us that day. And the next shot, I don't know if you you would have seen it. They put it all over Twitter, all over um, Instagram. He actually hold his pitch shot from like 80, 90 meters, like a couple of bounces, dunk in the hole. Probably the best moment of the week. Got something going. It was just after we we sort of bumped into you, which I thought was quite funny. You were like a good omen for us. You need to come out more often. We should have um, stuck with you, maybe, to, to have seen that. We just walked across and went to see uh, someone else. But um, you would have seen shot of the week there if you just stayed for another sort of three minutes. I do remember seeing that on in, on your Instagram. I didn't realise it was the same hole. That's pretty cool. Yeah, was, yeah. Happy <laughs> days. So um, you can't drop anyone in in it and give us a uh, a funny story or or when I... someone made a cock up of some sort. We. I mean, a cock up in a funny sense. Uh, not really. Nothing comes to mind. There's, you know, things happen. It's terrible. To be, um, no, I can't. I can't think of anything really. Nothing comes to mind. Nothing comes to mind. Okay, cool. So, what's like the caddy scene like? What's the what's the gang? Are they all on the beer? Like, do you have these little ranches where you hang out and then get <coughs> smashed together? Yeah, I mean, guys, guys do do that. I'm, I'm sort of. I don't drink much when I'm away. Uh, I, I might have a beer or two of an evening with dinner, but I don't sort of... We've, there's groups of guys, you know, I'm still relatively new. A lot of the guys do go out and have a, have a good drink most nights. Um, and, of course, if you miss the cut and your player's not practising on a Saturday, you know, you've got the whole weekend usually because you've already got your flight onto the next event. So I know guys do have a couple of messy weekends after that, but... Um, I, there is yes drinking goes on for sure lots goes on I don't get involved with that not yet anyway <laughs> not yet they haven't uh, you haven't sort of uh, been out no, there long enough maybe to join uh, the bad no, boys into those groups yet but you know I'm quite happy I'm quite happy that's a good all. thing I'd say yeah. that's a good thing yeah okay no so can you take us like to the course so let's say well you tell me what does a normal week look like you're, you're traveling from a you know one event to the other what does that yeah. week look like from start to finish well for i mean working for frank the last two years he he will have a longer week than most people uh you know they, they always say that Mon monday's a travel day but for us monday was travel and and maybe nine holes day so we'd, we'd always be doing something on the monday whether it be a like just a range session or nine holes, I think your week will get um, sort. Of, you'll you'll build your week around whether you're playing in the pro am or not. So if you know you're playing in the pro am, whether it be nine holes or eighteen holes, that's always a bit nicer because 
if you're not in the program, that means you can't go on the golf course on a Wednesday, which means you have to get your prep done Monday, Tuesday. So usually if we're in the program, which we have been pretty much every week this year, it's a bit more of a quieter Monday. Uh, putting green, spent a lot of time on the putting green, just getting used to the, the speed of the greens. You know, a lot of pace drills early on in the week. Um what kind of uh, pace drills would you go through now? He, so he's, he's sort of dabbled with a few things this year. Um, he's got, he, he works with uh, Eduardo Molinari, um, who it was Statistics Golf, and they've got this really good app that he uses, which has a few pace drills where they'll, what I like about it is it's random. So it'll be, he'll set the range from 15 feet to 45 feet and, the, the app will come up with a random putt of right to left, medium break, 35 feet downhill. So we'd find that putt and then he'd hit it. So a lot of random distance drills, but he also likes a, a usual he'll hit. One, a drill that I'm not that fond of because I don't really like, I'm not, I'm not one for hitting the same putt twice unless it's for a stroke reason, you know, unless you're, you're, you're working on your stroke, but he'll often go for like a 15 footer and hit three balls. I'll put a tee like two feet behind the hole and he can't move on to the next part until he hits all three balls between the hole and that tee. So whether he holds it or, you know, just pass. So it just in the little, just basically getting everything to the hole or past it. Um, I'm not. It's, it's okay, but I'm not a huge fan. I prefer it when we hit random putts and it mix it up because that's, that's yeah. exactly what it's like on the golf course. You never get to hit the same putt twice. Um, 100%. Yeah. So cool. they sound like good. I like the the random drill. I've got the uh, a very similar one on the flat stick combine on the spider putt app yeah. that I use. Um, yeah, yeah. Wonderful, great way to practice. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, well, the pace drill. Yeah each their own isn't it i think it's it uh yeah, it you know, it, i i would sort of you you know as you would I'd agree with you that if you could do that run that but only one at a time that could work better but each their own some people sort of yeah, yeah as long as you hit it's only warming up isn't it or getting a feel for the green so yeah. good yeah. anyway i stopped you carry on monday night no. go out and get smashed on loads of italian wine and food yeah yeah no <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, yeah, it's uh, Monday's a pretty chill. And then, yeah, Tuesday we'll play, we'll certainly play at least nine holes. Um, and he'll, he's, he's a sort of, for him, he's a, he'll, he'll do a, a quite a decent gym session in the morning before we practice. And then we'll practice, play nine holes, have lunch, and then he'll practice again. And he's a very much a sort of eight in the morning till and won't leave the course till five, six in the evening you know it's a full day every day with him um he's all he's got he's very much of uh yeah he he puts a lot of hours in and it's something that again i haven't always you know just if you can do just as good work with half an hour than you can in two hours if you're really productive and working on the right things so that's something that i think you know moving forward you know i'm not with him anymore and and i said you know and the people around him have agreed that you know maybe just managing his time a bit better uh giving him a bit more rest as well will help in the long run for sure but then yeah so, then- um, so like you mentioned a two-hour practice session could be half hour just as good what yeah. what prep did he do in those two hours and what do you uh, do then? He, he's he's uh he's always obviously working on something as mo- most guys are or all guys are and in the swing um but it's it's too much 
alignment stick down, track man out, tripod filming every fifth swing. Like it's very, it's too, too much, too robotic, you know, just hitting it in a flat lie, just straight in, just saying same target for two baskets of balls. Um, just, um, and we did in the, in the middle of the year, we did sort of try to mix it up a bit, put the track man away, stop looking at the numbers and just hit shots. You know, I would get the Bushnell out and laser a few of the targets and what do we all, oh, let's hit a little soft fade or let's just hit a three quarter shot here and just trying to mix it up. Um, you can get a little bit too, yeah, robotic. Maybe there's a better word for it, but just too samey, you know, it's almost like he's not challenging himself really to it sounds like he's trying to be like too um trying to get the swing to be perfect rather than yeah. sort of playing golf would that be yeah. fair yeah Bill Weed's think... criticized by the way he's like top and you know yeah but you know he's you know it's... a wonderful golfer right but yeah but we but and then and he always listens to the you know the the, the advice in a way that because he's always trying to get better as, as all the guys are and sometimes you need someone who's looking from the outside in to just say something and and you know it's, it's hard for him to change his ways but he did change his you know towards the second half of the season the track man wasn't out as much you know track man's great for doing numbers or which is something we would do in the, in the week if we're at altitude say we're in like where they are in Joburg this week or you know somewhere like Cron it was a bit higher up so just working out how far the ball's going at the altitude and so we've got our stock numbers for the week that's track man's fantastic for that but yeah. it, having it out all the time in the warm-ups, in the practice sessions, you can get a little bit too focused on, oh, my swing path was this, or my and club face angle was that. And it, you know, instead of like, well, hang on a minute, the shot was, was exactly what we were looking for. But if the numbers aren't right, you're not happy. And it's sort of, um, yeah, it's, there's a time and a place for Trapman, I think. And it is quite easy to fall into the deep, dark hole of just being obsessed with it, you know? Definitely diving into the data too much. Yeah. But on on his numbers, do you know what his? Um, can you share with us that you know what are his numbers for the all thirteen clubs? Oh, you mean uh, yardages? Uh, so we work in meters. So he's got he hits his fifty eight degree. What is it like? Round ninety meters. Yeah, ninety meters, and then he's like one ten with a sand wedge. One, yeah, one twenty gap wedge. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Usually, I've been written down. I've worked a few weeks now. It's gone out of my mind. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. putting you on the spot there. One, well, I think he's around 150 meters with nine. He's, he's sneaky long, really. So, this is meters. So, yards, that's like, you know, like nearly just over 60, 65. Seven iron goes, yeah, one, 165 meters. Do you know what I love? You just snuck in there a bit of caddy chat, right? They don't right. tell anyone about this. They don't, you ignore the one. So you just call it 65? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? I was playing, funny enough, at Saunton the other day when I played. First time I played for ages. And I got the bush out and, and who Mitch was with me. I said, how far is it? I was like, oh, 72, mate. And the other, the guy who was with us, who <laughs> used that chat, has gone, I think your bush was wrong. I was like, no, 172. Sorry. Yeah, we just skipped the one out. Just make caddy it quick. Caddy chat. Yeah. But yeah, that's without even knowing. That's, yeah, that's caddy chat. <laughs> Brilliant. like it and going back to the wedges would he have like a matrix there now of like i don't know three quarters half swings or yeah so well when i started working this is probably the biggest input i ever had with him actually when i started working with him he only had now let me get this right he had 58 52 and a pitching wedge like a stock 
like an actual pitching wedge from the iron set. So he only really had two, three wedge, like two Vokey wedges basically. And hitting the softer shots, you know, there was massive gaps in between the clubs, and you'd always carry like a three iron and a hybrid, yeah, three iron and a two iron basically, or a hybrid. And there was too many times where we were getting, we were just the, the gaps were too big in the wedges, you know, trying to hit soft shot, you know, to, trying to take fifteen meters off a soft shot. So we actually worked, we've changed and we've put now an, an extra wedge in the bag. So he's got 58, 54, 50 and wedge. So just yeah. doing that meant that he was doing less with the swing. You can do just the normal shots. Were, the, the, the spacing, the numbers were better and it was so much better in the middle of the season. That change, and I think that change will stay in his bag for a long time. But yeah, going back to your question, yeah, he, he'll hit. He's very much like a, with Frank, we always have like a soft shot the normal stock shot and then he could always hit a full one where he could get like five more out of it basically but he was always quite good at feeling the number rather than a clock face swing or three quarter as such again another great um use of track man the the one the best use is obviously their their sort of um track man go their combine sort of test where they'll put out random numbers random pitching numbers 68 and then go to 92 and then go to 74 just doing hours of that that's the best that's you know just doing that repetitively can really get your feel spot on um it's a wonderful way to practice isn't it really good and you don't but you don't need a track man you know guys at home can do it if you've got a range and a bush and you can have a pretty good effort or you can put a cone out there at random numbers and just switch it up and i think it's going from the yeah 73 up to 122 and then down to 50 and then you know really mixing it up that's where you're you'll improve massively i think it's doing stuff like that it's wonderful great way of practice bit of a shout out for uh tickenham here and top tracer so we've got top tracer down at tickenham and top tracer is coming a lot more common around the sort of country now and they've got a 30 ball combine if you like on there like a track man test it's 30 shots and it's a right variety from like 50 yards to 220 where you've got to hit the fairway yeah. It's just a wonderful way to practice, just like you're saying, right, yeah. hit one 147, now hit 183, now hit yeah. one 210 down the fairway. So uh, it's, um, yeah, nice way to practice. That's cool. So, yeah. Cool, okay. So you when you're on the course, on those 9-0s, 18-0s, on the Monday, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, what exactly are you looking for and running through with the course planner? Do you use uh, Eduardo's, like it's a decade, isn't it? Like a... Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Ed, what is that? Well, he, we, we input all the stats, every shot and have done for just over a year now. Um, and what is good about that is that sometimes he'll come to us at the start of the week and uh, something that always sticks in my mind is the 17th hole at the Dubai Desert Classic at um, Emirates Club is like, it's a dog leg par four. It's not far. It's probably 290-ish metres to the front, but the first time I went there, I was like, well, this is a five iron to the corner and a wedge onto the green. You know, you couldn't see the green. There's tall palm trees blocking your view and the, the, the carry. And that week, Eduardo came to us and said, you've got to hit drive. You've got to go for it every day, regardless of where the pin is, what the wind is doing. And basically, he's he's called that that decision based on Frank's shot pattern over the last year with driver. Um, everyone that's hit driver in the last 30 years, he's got all their stats for where, what the stroke, the stroke average, the scoring average on that hole was if you hit driver in comparison to if you hit the five iron. So he's got a big sort of a load of data 
and he's basically worked out that if we hit driver on the 17th there we're gonna we're gonna gain 0.2 strokes around so you add that up for four you know that's basically so he'll come to us some weeks with stuff like that which is quite cool because you wouldn't you'd stand there and you'd go nah let's just hit it hit it in the fairway where we see it and he's saying that by doing that we're losing you know strokes just for one five iron shot you know so things like that are quite good and he'll come to us on a, on a few occasions throughout the year on the schedule with stuff like that which is quite cool that's nice isn't it it's yeah. um yeah it's really interesting the that you know that point two of a shot per round is one shot in a round of golf and that could be worth 100 grand yeah. <laughs> could be more yeah. right yeah. yeah it's a hell of a hell of a thing what he's been good at as well this year like and, and what we've incorporated into our manage our course management or our strategy or however you want to say is that like we he tells us that when frank decides to hit a three with off the tee he's not actually any more accurate than he is with driver so assuming there's not like water run out or a bunker that just covers the end of the fairway or the fairway runs out just if you're thinking about hitting three just hit the driver because you're just as accurate statistically so you might as well hit the driver and hit you know a club and a half less into the green rather than you know standing on the tee box going oh well, the three was a bit safer when actually we know statistically he's just as accurate with driver as he is with three wood so we can just commit to the driver so we've done that a few times this year that's like just when we've been in between on the decision we just go well we know we know we're just as accurate with this club mate so let's just hit it and you know so when you've got the stats behind you it does help you know it's obviously it's still golf and you still you know how you feel with the club and how the swing's going and how the round's going and there's obviously lots of other factors but it it's it's, it's good stuff it's really good stuff nice and what about on the greens what do you uh do you get a bit of aim point out there for him i know uh when you started yeah, we, working with him, you uh, you come to see me to learn a bit of aim point to potentially be sort of part of that or be a tool in the toolbox. It's good. He used to use the green books uh, and they got, they were banned, was it last year? So this year is the first year with, without using the green books, I think. And he, he'd be the first to admit, like he did, he has struggled with the reads. So, uh, my first year with him, I never read any greens. He was, he did it all on his own, had the green book, off you go. This year, I've read every putt. The whole uh, all year, you know, because he hasn't quite got that um, that verification of the green book. So he's always wanted a second opinion, and most of the time he, he's, his reads are great. But I've always thought that aim point he might benefit from a few aim point sessions just to see, because a lot of guys do it now. And if even if it's just using the feet, if you're not sure, and I have done it a couple of times with him. I, I obviously am not. I've had one session with you. I'm not fully competent on it, but I know when we go on the practice screens. Uh, every week there'd be guys with the um they just draw out the the lines where the one degree slope two degree slope so you can sort of calibrate and i have a go now and then and i have on a few occasions when we've been really struggling to see something i'd go in with the feet and go yeah there is a little there's just a touch left right there or but all in all no we, we don't really use it and but i think it's something that he would really benefit from and he's gonna he just says he can't really get the feel for it but I'm sure you have people that come to you that say that and over time, if they keep stick at it, they can find it for sure. hundred percent. I think more you, the more you practice it, the better you get. Um, yeah. I, I can sort of o- openly say that I've put 1200 people through aim point and yeah. every single one has left the class, been able to feel slope yeah. Um, yeah. well. So yeah, uh, yeah hundred percent. That's, um, yeah. that's cool. That's good. And when you're on the greens, would you like find, I don't know, the, the, the four lines, the straight putts, yeah. that sort of stuff, avoid four, 4% slopes? Yeah, I mean, 
it's funny i worked for i started working three years ago i did a year on, on tour with or half a year after covid with uh oscar langdon a swedish guy and he always i would always walk when i walked the course i would or if in a practice round we knew where the dot is we always look for the straight putt because and i worked for him at challenge tour grand final a few weeks ago and it was a re, it's a really good way of doing it because if and, and i draw it in in the book where the straight putt is and i'd use like a tree behind the green so i know exactly where my point my straight point is and I'd write that in the book and it's it's great if you know where the straight part is because like I remember working with you you know where the left to right will be and the right to left will be and all of a sudden you've almost got your green read there straight away mm. so that that's Frank's never done that and I've never done that with him but I know Oscar did that and it's really it's a really cool idea I mean with Frank we would normally if we can see a dot we'll put a tee down and we'll putt to it and we'll make a mental note of you know the break on it or we'd we'd hit a putt where we expect to hit our seven iron approach to you know maybe into the fat part of the green but bit short bit long whatever and he'd hit he'd hit a couple of rolls and I'd draw it in the book just as an idea but not specific really but yeah interesting that's yeah. good okay so it comes to tournament time um mm-hmm. you're Thursday morning and you're on the tee what does that morning say you've got 11 o'clock tea time what time's your alarm what time is that what happens from six to eleven yeah so <clears throat> 11... I say six I don't know why I said six but yeah well they're probably not far off yeah 11 so Frank would always be we'd be on the putting green an hour and 10 before so that's 10 that's 9 50 um so Usually we have breakfast at the golf course. I usually sort the bag out. I line up all the balls up, you know, he's quite, whether it's superstitious or not, but he has different colored lines for different holes. And so I'd be, I'd get the bag ready, make sure everything's good to go, all the snacks and all the protein stuff. So I'll, I'll be, I'll hey, be stopping you there. Lines, different colors, different lines, different. So he, Tell me has, more. He has uh, a green line for the front line. So he has to has a he has to have a green line for the front line. So I'd mark up three three balls with a green line. So, and then the back nine he has to use a red line. And then if he's hit if if one of the balls gets damaged by the wedge or he has to hit provisional, he use a blue line. So there's three different coloured lines in the bag all the time basically. And he he's one of the only players. There's two players that I know do it on tour. It's him and Tapio Polkinen, and they go. They start the first round is with a, let me get this right, with a two. Yeah. So Thursday, round one is a, a tightless two. Round two is a tightless three. Round three is a tightless four. And then round four is a tightless one. So he goes two, three, four, one. Most guys will go four, three, two, one or one, two, three, four. But he goes two, three, four, one, which is random. Another weird thing that he's, oh, he's always done it. So you sort of get used to it. You don't really question it. But um yeah, just a, probably just all golfers are superstitious in some way, aren't they? So that's what I love, uh, that. I love those funky stuff. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. So you're uh, preparing the bag. Bags ready. Yes. Yeah. Nine fifty. So in the, I'll be at the locker at nine thirty, getting it already. I'll probably have breakfast at nine uh, at the course. Um, yeah. I mean, it depends if it's if you just said what would what would my build up to a two o'clock tea time be? I'm often most of the time I'll. Maybe I usually do the pins the night before in the book, or I might have seen them the day before. And but if I haven't seen them and I've done them in the book on, in the hotel room, I'll, there'll be a few that I'll be like, mm, that's an interesting one. And I might, I'll probably go out and walk the course uh, before the round just to check the pin, maybe watch a few guys. What's great is you can just stand there in the crowd and just watch 
you know, a particular, maybe a back left flag and see where they're landing their wedge shots. Are they landing it at the flag? Is it pitching at the flag and bouncing and going through the back? Is it spinning way back? Can you be aggressive with it? Just learning things like that, maybe tee shots. How firm is it? Like, can is there people hitting three with, are they running out into the bunker? Just, you know, just make notes of little things like that, which is great when you stand on that hole three hours later and go, well, this morning, Frank, I just watched four guys pitch this ball two past the flag and they all ended up in the rough. So we need to be landing this no, no further than pin high. And just, just, just being able to tell the player that just gives them so much more confidence and commitment to the shot because they know, you know, that you've just given them raw facts there. Um, I love that commitment from you now. That is you earning your crest there, man, going the, up and lot, beyond. A lot of guys do it. It's just the thing. you just got to do it, you know. Also, you, I mean, what else are you going to do? If you're teeing off at two o'clock, it's nothing worse than a late tee off. You know, you're just sitting around doing nothing. You might as well be productive and get out there, walk a few holes. It's great. Like, I remember doing it, probably the best week we've had for Wentworth at PGA last year. Like, walking out there with all this, just, it's just you just want to be out there. It's a great sort of great course to be at. The, the, the energy is unbelievable. There's so many people about. You know, of course, you want to be, you just want to spend as much time as you can out there. It's great. It's, it's you know, we do it, but, you know, I enjoy doing it. It's good. It's good fun. That's brilliant. Cool. So um, you're on the course. You, you've smashed your drive down the middle on the first at Wentworth. Uh, you're on top of the hill, though. Um, the, 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 <laughs> the, pin, the pin is, let's go. Okay. The pin is uh, 20 on and six on the left. So it's back left. Yeah. Talk me through the process you have. You have, I don't know, 180 yards to the flag. Okay, uh, so the, fir- the first thing, obviously, we got, so obviously we don't use bushnels or anything. So there's coloured dots in the fairway, which will be drawn in the book as well. So we'll work out, we'll pace off from the dot. So we're six onto the red dot. We'll both do it. We always both get the number and then check with each other that we have. Because often, you know, <clears throat> more times him than me. But, you know, what do you get there? One, six, two. Oh, I got one, eight, three. How, how's that? You know, what's happened there? You know, so we yeah. always good to double check. I remember I, I worked for Laurie Cantor for a week um, and uh, when we when we rocked up on the Tuesday, probably, he's like, oh, just to let you know, I, I don't use a book, so it's, you just get the numbers. I was like, oh, wow. Like, it was good, but it's like, <laughs> don't get it wrong. Don't, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we'll work out the number. Um, <clears throat> then you you just go through the usual sort of what's the, is the lie, if you've said we're in the fairway, but it could still be a down slope, side slope, whatever. Um, the wind, of course, like I've, got a few apps that I check uh, before the round to check the wind forecast the, the tour I have the forecast as well so I make sure that all the winds are what we expect them to be so whether it's the southeast or whatever and the forecast so I'll jot down like what two o'clock so halfway through the round the wind's actually switching to whatever yeah so it's good to note all of that down so you're not caught off guard on the course um, and often on a course like Wentworth like trusting the compass is a lot of that's a caddy phrase a well-used caddy phrase trust the compass because you'll often get a breeze coming down the chute down like a tree-lined hole whereas you know on, on the compass it's the complete opposite so it's you know how are you playing the shot are you playing it above the tree line the wind's going to do this or you know things like that that you take into account um so yeah wind lie got the number then we've got where we where the question i always ask is where do we want to land it because that's that's the only thing we're trying to do. Where do we want to land it? That's you know we're not we're never 
rarely are we well no we're never landing it in the hole you know you've got 180 we're not hitting it 180 ever yeah. it just doesn't happen so 180 for that for that back left flag it'll be right where do you want to land it'll probably greens are quite firm this week so probably 172 that's our land right well yeah. you little puff into that's playing 175 oh stock number for this club and that so that's that'll be what would the process will go through really never never ever land in the number and i think that's what a lot of amateurs you see oh, i've got 170 oh i'll hit my six iron 170 six iron in the summer you hear that you're through the back of the green and thick rough you know it's, it's totally. never never the number really I think, you know, you've hit a point, uh, a big point there. The amateurs definitely just bush and go, it's 150, okay, it's my iron and just hit it. And they yeah. don't consider the lie, which can make a huge difference. Yeah. Don't consider the wind, which makes a huge difference. Um, don't consider the roll uh, yeah. and how far it's going to, uh, you know, roll essentially to, to get the carry. And uh, also I think they can be over aggressive. So the pin could be at the back yeah. and it's 150. Would you like... I don't know that that hole on at Wentworth. If you miss sort of long left, is probably a pretty shitty chip. Yeah, yeah. Would you sort of go two yards to the right, two yards short of the flag as your new yeah. target, or yeah. something yeah. along those lines? Yeah, I mean another thing that uh, going back to Dodo Molinari's statistics golf, he created for Wentworth and for the Porsche European Open and for another event. He basically created a, a similar to decade, although you'd hate me saying that it's similar to decade, but that sort of system where he would actually give us before the round our our optimal pin target for every hole. So he'd, he'd input the actual flags that day into his system and he would give us our actual pin that we're aiming for based on our shot or Frank's shot pattern with whatever club he predicts us to have in on that hole which is unbelievable, really. So he Amazing. knows. So, so for that flag, for instance, if we're on the top of the hill, we're probably hitting a five iron in, six iron, say. Yeah. So he'll know our, our, sort, our pattern, our shot pattern over the last two years with six iron. And he'll know that we've missed a lot left with six iron. So our, our target will probably be, and it will be written in there. So it'll probably be like eight right of the flag and three short of it. So if yeah. we had 180 as our actual number, our actual pin that we're aiming for is 172. So we're, that's all we're thinking about. 172 is our number, you know? Eight, eight that, right of the flag, yeah. Eight, yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, 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 sorry. One, sorry, three short of it, sorry. Eight right of it, not eight short of it, yeah. So, uh, yes, eight right of it. So we'd, he'd tell us that if you get, if you look at the, uh, the, um, the flag on the shot, if you put the flag... If you imagine lying the flag, was it five meters? That would be right of the flag, or was that a bit? I can't remember exactly what I said, but there was a, a tool you could use if just in visually to, to tweak your aim in comparison to the flag. So we'd be aiming way right of it, and he'd know on that shot. Yeah, hey, I've got I've got something for you. A bit of aim point works, you know. Go on. So two fingers is like five percent. So if you had like 160 yards, two fingers with a straight arm would be roughly eight yards eight yards okay there you go so it's just exactly like that then he'd tell us that that but it would be a different you know he's using the flag or using the finger so the same thing same stuff. yeah and and he based on that he would you know if you hit 10 balls two of them would end up stiff to the hole because our shot pattern he does miss it eight. Them, yeah. 
yeah, you know. So basically, every shot out of ten, say, would be on the green and a good in a good spot. So things like that, pretty good. To uh, that, that have that's come massive, from. isn't it? And do you know what's is there's one thing picking a target right at that flag eight yards, but it's nothing committing to it. Did you say he hard. was good at that? Yeah, if no, or would he <laughs> aim right and then pull it? It's you know, I because I, I input the stats for however long that I and you have to be honest with the target. So if we've commit trusted a target, yeah, that it's eight right and he hits it and it and it's bang on the flag in the stats that is going down as eight left of target because we're not Good, trying yeah. to hit it and often i'll say well you you know what did you change your target there he's like yeah i just fancy i just wanted to go at it you know sometimes he will say that and because it, it's hard we all play golf we all know what it's like there's the flag there's the hole staring at you and you just want to send it at it and it is really hard to be that disciplined and i think the great players over the over the over the years have just been disciplined especially on I've not done a major, so I don't know what it's like, but I can imagine being disciplined like that at a US Open. Or... US Open, Augusta, or even British... I can't believe I called it the British Open there. The Open. The Open, yeah. <laughs> yes, I think being disciplined to those, to yours, you know, your targets is a massive, massive thing that the top players have done and are good that's at doing. what Tiger did, wasn't it? You know, that's sort of basically what decades based this number off yeah. is. Tiger's shots for the last 20 years and Pretty much. that's what he, he does is he commits to his target which is never actually at the hole yeah yeah He's aggressive to his target so brilliant um no I just want to just finish off very quickly with sort of what's next for you you've obviously done two years with Fran- Francesco and you've finished finished with him now and that's all 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 good and well that relationship is you know tell me about that relationship maybe not but what's next is what I'm really interested in. Uh, what's next? Yeah, well, yeah, me and Frank finished <clears throat> great. Yeah, I messaged you, so he had a good week last week. He came 13th in uh, in Joburg, which is great. Um, so we're, we're we're good mates still, and I'm sure we'll go out for dinner, hopefully at the Italian Open again. Yeah. Uh, again, that'd be nice. Uh, so next for me, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm, lo- I'm looking, I'm actively looking for, for a new bag. Um, obviously, what's great is that now I know quite a few people, like managers, uh, a lot of other caddies. They're all sort of, you know, send you messages. Like, oh, I'm looking out. I'll let you know if I hear of anything. This and that. Managers, yeah, well, I've got this player. I've got that player. Do you want to put your name in the hat for this? That. So there's options on the table. I've not <clears throat> made a decision yet. Uh, I keep being told that there'll be a, quite a shake up around Christmas after these South African events. So we'll see what happens. I mean, hopefully. Ideally, I'd love to start at Abu Dhabi. I know it's, a, it's a, quite a big event, and I think that'll be a. That's an optimistic to think that I'll be there this year, but we'll see what happens. You know, I'm quite enjoying some time off. I did 32 weeks on the road this year, just pretty, pretty long year. So I'm just enjoying sitting on my surfboard for a few days, and you know, it's all good. I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I've done a decent enough job the last three years on tour to to be to be to sort of be known as someone that takes their job seriously and that's pretty good at their job. So I'd, I'd like to think I'd get someone decent, you know. Definitely. I totally agree. And, you know, listening to you today, that's, you've really impressed me. So that's good. With them, um, it's, it's a bit like dating, isn't it now? So is there like a, is there an app, like a Tinder app? Tinder or app for uh, caddies and players. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, be onto something there. Yeah. That'd be quite a good idea. 
What would uh, what would your bio be? Come on, this is your like. We've got a load of tall players listening to this now. They all listen, right? All especially the top ones who earn all the big dough. Okay, they right. listen to this podcast. So I want to know what your uh, your bio is. To, you know, my bio to, to swipe left or whatever it is or right, whichever way they go. Okay, well, uh, Noah Hesse, twenty eight years old, six foot one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I would say that big I'm a, strong uh, shoulders. Yeah, yeah. I, ginger, I, ginger I think hair. I, what do you say? Ginger hair? No. Oh no. Okay. No, no. no. You got blondy hair. Blonde hair. Yeah. Bristol <laughs> accent, so you can't understand a bloody word. Um, half the players gone because they can't understand it. No. Uh, <laughs> I would say I'm. You know, I'm quite. I would say if I had a caddy style, I'm very. I'm very positive. I work hard. Like I work really hard for my player, um, uh, and I love I love being as everyone does being in contention. I've had a sniff of of it a few times now with Frank, and it's just there's been nothing better than really trying to sort of manage the player and and sort of get them to hit the best shots they can and give themselves opportunities. And I'd say yeah, I'm really positive. I'm I'm very. I tell you what, I could be better at. I could be, you know, I could be more. And I think this is what you learn <clears throat> over the years: is just to be more. Sort of, sometimes you have to just step in and just say, "Well, no, you're not hitting that," or you know. And I think that's something that I could be certainly be more assertive, you know, in, in the way in my caddy style. But at the end of the day, I, you know, yeah, pos- positive, hardworking, and you know, I just love it. I've just got good energy and I want, I want a player that will match that energy sort of thing. You know, someone who's, who's here for a good time, but super competitive and wants to win as an ambitious, because I'm ambitious as well. Um, someone like that. So if you're out there, you know, my number is. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I love it. You're selling it to me. I, uh, I you know, I want to, I want to go on tour myself here and get you as my caddy. <laughs> you motivated. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Okay. Uh, no, that was an absolute delight. I, I've no, um, no sort of doubt you are going to get what you deserve um, with with another great player, and certainly going to do a great job for them. Your, your mind is, is wonderful, and I really appreciate your time. I picked up loads of little nuggets there today, and I'm sure the uh, the listeners have as well. So, all the best. Have a great Christmas and all that, and um, hopefully we'll see you on the telly in uh, in Dubai in January. Or February. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me, Ollie. That was great. Top man. Cheers.